0: Men, start your engines here's uh, about Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan you'll be able to keep your health care plan. to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the broadcast. So much going on tonight. I've got to, you know, I I thought a little bit earlier today maybe I won't even do a show tonight. Because I kind of feel like the whole world has come to, to a stop. But then I said, that's crazy. There is so much to talk about tonight. And I've got a connection here to the Internet and a radio studio built into my house. So I'm not doing anything else. (laughs) I might as well do the show live and talk about all this. So it'll be fun, too, because I can get into some things in our new segment, honestly, that I can't talk about on Facebook during the week. And uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But tonight, our guest in the guest segment will be able to ask him about his new book, but also to get his comment about everything that's happening and his thoughts about how this might apply to Bible prophecy. His name is Pastor Carl Gallops. He's one of our favorite guests. And a lot of people love to download his interviews. Uh, Really great interviewer. And uh, we love having him with us, and he'll be here tonight to share his wisdom in about 28 minutes. Next week, the guest is Michael Heiser, and he has a, a great book out. It's, it's called A Companion Book to the Book of Enoch. And this will be interesting because a lot of our guests like Ellie Marzulli and other Bible prophecy uh, experts talk about the Book of Enoch, which is not officially what we, what we say call uh, part of the canon of scripture. It's not, it's not officially accepted as having the inerrancy of scripture, but it is a historical book that does have some very interesting observations. And a lot of the things in the book of Enoch are sort of confirmed in other books of the Bible. So it's, it's not officially part of the Bible but it is a fascinating book that has a lot to say about Bible prophecy. So we'll be talking about that next week with, with a Bible scholar Dr. Michael Heiser, who will be with us in our guest segment. Well, of course, we do these shows every week without a sponsor. Uh, I mean, without any commercials. <laughs> that means we've got to have a sponsor. So we just have a quick sponsor mention for you. And this one is really cool. I think so far I have gotten 75 free shares of stock. And I know when I tell people this, it almost sounds like one of those things that's too good to be true, but let me tell you why they're giving away these free shares of stock. It's an app called Robinhood, and what they're trying to do is encourage people to download the app to their phone, which is free, and then to try it out, and to give you sort of something to start with, they give you one free share of stock. But what's really cool is once you get your free share of stock, they also give you a link that you can share with your friends and every one of your friends that gets a free share of stock that triggers you to get another free share of stock. That's how I've gotten about 75 free shares of stock so far. So, in order to do this, we have a special link set up for you. If you want to get your free share of stock, which helps out the show, and I'm going to tell you how in just a second, but go to this link freestocks.us. Just type this in your computer, freestocks.us. You'll get a free share of stock. Uh, And it could be worth as little as, you know, four or five bucks. But in one case, one of my free shares was worth over $100. So you're sort of randomly given a free share of stock. Now, how this helps the show out is what I've been doing is for all the free shares of stock I've gotten, I sell it and I convert it into Bitcoin on the Robinhood app. And then, of course, Bitcoin has done well. So uh, from time to time, we need some new equipment. We need to replace something, uh, cords, microphones, monitors. We sell off some of that Bitcoin, use the money to be able to buy the equipment that we need. So you're helping yourself. You're not just going to get the one free share, but you'll also be set up to get multiple free shares of stock. It's really cool. It's free. It's free. No obligation, and uh, I I personally recommend this company. A great app also to try out on your phone for trading stocks and cryptocurrency. Check it out. Use this special link we have for you, freestocks.us. Tonight's sponsor, freestocks.us. Okay, so there there is more and more uh, censorship happening at Facebook. And there is a narrative now about the coronavirus. And if you go against this narrative, if you get too far out of that lane, they will take away your Facebook account or at a minimum delete your post. And I'm hearing from a lot of people that are having posts deleted. And so what I decided to do is I'm actually working on an idea for a book about internet censorship, because one of the things I've been fascinated with for years is the idea of Mark of the Beast. And, and, you know, the idea that uh, in the book of Revelation, the idea that without this mark of the beast, whatever this technology might be, you'll be restricted from buying and selling. Well, that's already happening in, in a lot of different venues. But the one area that we see it happening in, of course, is social media. So if you get too far out of the lane that they want you to be in, they'll delete your post or in some cases just altogether take away your account. So if you want to look into something really fishy that happened, just a few weeks ago, uh, the website, which I love, uh, ZeroHedge.com, they got their Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, their Twitter account was taken away. ZeroHedge got their Twitter account taken away, suspended for good. And it was because of some information that it looks like uh, may turn out to be true about sort of the origins of the coronavirus. The, the bottom line is, though, we don't really know for sure yet. And to take away Zero Hedge's Twitter account for something that could very well turn out to be true. Uh, if you want to read the whole backstory, just do a Google search. Zero Hedge loses Twitter account and you'll see the whole story. But what I decided to do was I, I'm starting to build some uh, communication tools away from Facebook and Twitter. And YouTube so that I have a way to stay alive (laughs) if they take away my social media accounts. And so there is a service. It's free. It's called Telegraph. And so I'd set up an account at Telegraph. And what I'm doing is the things I can't post on Facebook or I'm afraid to post because I'm afraid to lose my Facebook account. I'm posting over on Telegram and here's how you do this if you go to t like in telegram the letter t dot m e as in michael edwards so it's t dot m e forward slash jim paris t dot m e forward slash jim paris if you go there you can actually put the free app on your phone And then you can follow me and all of my, you get everything that way because anything that I don't put up on the regular social media is also going to be on Telegraph. And I'll put everything else, I'm starting to put everything else on Telegraph also, but especially those things that I don't feel like I can say over on the regular Facebook feed. Um, If you didn't catch that address, you can email me, jim at christianmoney.com. I will send you a link. Or you can go to my Facebook account. Just search James L. Paris on Facebook and you'll see I just posted a a picture uh, and the link to my Telegraph account. T. Dot M. E. Forward slash Jim Paris. We also inside the news feed at Telegraph have set up a discussion group. So that's for you folks that want to get in there and talk amongst yourselves about what's going on. So. What are some of the things I can't post? So let's get into something right here. Uh, this Dr. Fauci, uh, this Anthony Fauci, is out today with a warning. He says that millions will be infected in the United States and that we could see between 100 and 200,000 deaths. Now, number one, why is this guy saying this? I'm just, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like there's something more that they're not telling us. Uh, even if, let's say, we're going to see 200,000 deaths, why would you come out and say that publicly to scare people? It it, it just seems like this guy is taking a, a worst-case scenario default position. And maybe there's some kind of psychological thing going on that we're going to you know put this big number out here to scare people into staying inside their houses i I don't know what exactly is going on but as we look at this tonight of course the show is live on sunday nights today is march twenty ninth so if you hear the replay the numbers are going to be different but what we're looking at tonight if you go to the johns hopkins coronavirus map and you take a look at it what you'll see is maybe some numbers that are that just don't appear to be as bad, as big as what this guy is saying. And I I get it that there's exponential math involved, which is two times two is four, and then four times four is 16, and then 16 times 16 is, you know what I'm saying, this is what they're telling us, it's exponential math. But in any case, what we're looking at is, just to give you a couple of numbers that I'm looking at right here. So in the United States, here's the big number, 142,000 people. Um, are infected with coronavirus. Now we did know this week that a lot more people were going to get tested, and so that number was going to jump. But it's still a huge number. Granted, 142,000. But then when we look over here at total deaths, total deaths, 2,479. Now, I I I get it that one death is one death is too many. But if we can't have a discussion about the numbers because one death is too many, then why do we even have all these numbers up here? I mean, that's, that's the problem with trying to discuss any of this on Facebook is you have the one death is too many crowd. And then you bring up that, well, there are 90 people a day dying in car accidents. Well, you can't make that comparison, Jim Paris, between car accidents per day and deaths from a virus. You can't do that. Well, you know, that's how my brain works. I'm a numbers guy. Uh, but then I look at this other number here, which is in the column right next to it, total recovered. So we have 2,686 people recovered. Now, the 2,479 deaths, I'm not making light of that at all. I don't want anyone to die. But here's the thing. When you look into a lot of these deaths, these are typically people that have a lot of other medical issues brewing. And, and it's not like the average person is dropping dead from coronavirus. In fact, what they're not telling us is that the overwhelming majority of people, I mean it's like into the 90 plus percentile of people that get coronavirus are not even going they're not even put in the hospital. It's just go home, treat this like the flu and, and that sort of thing. Um, so here's so the, here are the numbers again you've got 142,000 cases, you have 2,479 deaths. You know, I hope I'm right because I don't want this. I don't want to, I don't want 200,000 people to die. So it's kind of weird when I, when I go to Facebook and I say, wow, there's, there's not very many deaths right now. And then, you know, I've got the, the naysayers that will jump in and say, yeah, but, uh, This Dr. Fauci says that it's exponentially going to go up and we're talking about millions and then hundreds of thousands dying and all of this. I'm not rooting for that. I'm really not. I'm rooting for a low number. I'm rooting for them to say, wow, we were wrong. Just a a tiny percentage of the people died and we did so well, which is the story of Germany that has done so well. Because if you look at the numbers in Germany, Germany has had 62,000 cases. Right. So maybe about half the cases we've had and they've only had five hundred and forty one deaths in Germany. Wow. Um, but what's happening is this recovered number is starting to go up and and people are going to see that and see this number starting to go up a lot. That in other words, it's not the end of the world. And, and here's the analogy I, I was giving people. This week I did a couple of videos on YouTube that we, we can't have this argument that it's nothing or it's a Category 5 hurricane. That's a silly argument to have, right? I mean, obviously, this is not nothing. That's silly. And I'm not saying it's nothing. All I'm saying is maybe this is a Category 1 hurricane. Let's pray to God it's just a category 1 let's not believe it's a category 5 and the other thing that is happening is which which is making sense to me is the president and his advisors are starting to take more of a regional approach to this which is to say looking at individual areas and making decisions about what needs to be done based on what's going on in those different zones just as an example, I'm clicking another tab here and I'm looking at my home state of Florida. So in Florida, we have about 5,000 cases in Florida, but we only have 60 deaths. So, so this whole time this has been going on, Florida has only 60 deaths, um, which comparing either the Florida number or the nationwide number to something like the flu, which again, <laughs> Don't do that. You you cannot compare the flu to coronavirus. I'm not saying they're the same thing. I'm just looking at the numbers and I'm just saying look, um if if in a normal flu season we have 40,000 deaths in the US, I think it's fair to say, hey, th- we have 40,000 flu deaths and the world doesn't end. So so I'm just looking at it saying Hey, where's a baseline here of like the world not ending, and the world doesn't end with that. So is it fair then to say that even if this has let's say forty thousand deaths, which I think is probably a high number, I I guess I'm I'm being optimistic compared to Anthony uh, Fauci' his numbers, but that's not we we make it through that with with other things like the flu. But if you just take a look at like where I live here in Flagler County, Florida. So I'm just scrolling down here in Flagler County, Florida. well, let me see here, pop up 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 up, up up. There are no deaths in Flagler County, Florida, and I'm trying to see let me see if I zoom in here. I can see how many cases there we go. I can click on Florida, then I can see how many cases we have in Florida in our area. um let's see here another tab here and it looks like uh you know we have in our county it's not bringing it up i looked at it earlier and it was uh something like i don't know uh, four, 12 or 14 cases in our entire county here in flagler county florida now again i don't mean to minimize this at all i'm just simply saying is it possible and i know in some people's world th- this question i'm going to ask there, there. Some people's world. It's not possible to do too much. There are the people out there that say, "Hey, shut down everything for a year just to be safe." Hey, to be really safe, shut everything down for ten years. There are some people that live in that world that that there's there is nothing the government could do that's going too far. So that's the one extreme. You know, my view is I think it was smart to do uh, this, you know, self distancing. I think it was smart to close down um, some of the businesses in the areas that are getting hit the worst. But but some of the things that make no sense to me. So here in Florida, for example, they closed down all of our restaurants, all of our bars. A lot of our retail is shut down. Um, So you have that happening. Okay, I get that. But we have like forty to 50,000 people a day that are being allowed to fly in to Florida from New York City. And our governor admits this in his press conferences. So what does he do? He comes out with this idea that there will be a 14-day on your honor system, on the honor system, a 14-day self-quarantine from anyone flying in from New York City which these people get their luggage at the airport and they go off on their way. And, and if you believe that they are self quarant going into a self quarantine for 14 days, I I have a bridge to sell you. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And so this is where people get skeptical because people like one of my, my one daughter, who is currently in college finishing her master's degree, was called in a week ago and told, uh, go home, you can't work at your job here at the restaurant restaurant anymore because we're closing down except for a, a tiny skeleton crew that's going to do uh, carry out only. And and so the, the government's gearing up, but here's the drum roll. Wait for it. Wait for it. So peop- So it'll be about three weeks from now, they're saying, which if you know how the government operates think more like four weeks or six weeks because they're saying three weeks that we're each going to get, wait for it, a $1,200 check. (laughs) I mean, I hate to laugh, but what is that? I mean, what are you going to do with $1,200 after being out of work for a month or six weeks? What are you going to do with that? And I know there's all kinds of other things going on, unemployment and, and money to businesses. And they're saying that this isn't it. There's going to be another one coming. Um, so this was like a $2 trillion deal and there's supposed to be another $2 trillion deal coming. But But who pays for this? I think the national debt at least what's on the books, which we don't know the whole national debt because this doesn't include all of the unfunded liabilities and the off the books obligations, which some people think is as much as 150, maybe as much as $200 trillion. But the on the books number I think is around 22 trillion. So we're just going to add like 4 trillion to that to give away all this money. And I keep asking too, you know, what about the suicides people Going into deep depression, um, a lot of these businesses that are shut down, um, I mean, I read the stories every day. The average American has like, what, 500 bucks in savings. So what does the employee do that's out of work now for a month or six weeks? I mean, how do they get food now while well, they're waiting for that help from the government? Some of these business owners won't be able to sustain this. They won't be able to come back from this. Um, so on the one hand, we have to balance putting people in their houses in a lot of areas are, I mean, complete lockdowns like just a few minutes drive from here, Orange County, Florida, you're, you're, you're to stay in your house. You can't come out of your house unless you're buying groceries or I think there's uh pharma- pharmaceutical uh, items. You can go out to get uh, food, go to the grocery store, but otherwise it's in the house lockdown. And so Trump came out a few minutes ago and did a press conference and said that instead of hoping for Easter, that they're now hoping for the end of the month or like the, I mean of April. So we're talking about like, like another month of, he, he called it social distancing guidelines but, I, you know, here's what I don't know. And I'm hopeful that th- this is not a nationwide uh, situation, that this is not going to be just one size fits all across the entire nation. I hope that that they're able to look at some of these counties like our county and say, you know what, in Flagler County, Florida, there's so few cases and 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 all that that we can go ahead and open restaurants up to 50 percent capacity again and we can let retail open back up again. We've got to do this and, and we've got to start looking at some of these situations like, um, you know, the uh, open borders where the New York City people can fly in forty fifty thousand 50,000 a day from that hot spot into Florida. I mean, these are things that make no sense to me. But uh, quickly, some other things happening in the news. So uh, this is the first governor I've read about doing this. The governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, um, has announced a 90-day grace period on mortgage payments. So look for this to spread nationwide. And, And that's a good thing, I guess, on the one hand. But then, you know, what about the banks that are collecting these mortgage payments and they don't have those mortgage payments coming in? Uh, You know, so all of these things have, in many cases, unintended consequences. So doing the good thing, which is to let people skip their mortgage payments, I get that. But then how do we deal with the consequence of that in terms of of how the banks deal with that and the politics keep uh, going? So Nancy Pelosi came out today. Here's the quote, quote, as the president fiddles, people are dying End quote. You know, I don't know what more Trump is supposed to do. Uh, You know, he's got this team of advisors. The man is coming out every day doing a press conference. Um, He is commandeering every uh, hospital bed, ventilator, naval ship. I don't know what more the man is expected to do. Uh, And I don't know where politics ends and just human beings can start being human beings. But that's what Pelosi had to say today. Um, So back to this issue of counties, there's supposed to be some kind of a rating system that the federal government is going to announce this week where each county will be given a number, a rating number. And then based on that number, there can be, uh, you know, adjustments made. So it's not going to be a one size fits all for the whole country, which makes sense, right? Because if you're in New York City, that's one situation. And then if you're like in Iowa, <laughs> there's like nothing happening. I- That's the cool thing about Iowa. There's nothing happening in Iowa. E- even the virus is not interested <laughs> in visiting Iowa. So, so there are areas where we don't have to have these draconian measures. Uh, man, I hate to get uh, to, to, to bring this up. And, and honestly, I'll be honest. I don't know how I feel about this when I'm going to tell you the, the two news stories. So this involves the Christian community. So we have Liberty University uh... bringing all their students back to campus and that's a big controversy Um they're basically saying we're not going along with this uh... shutting down college we're keeping our college going everybody comes back uh... students that i guess uh... were pleading for to go online and all of that as an option no uh... not an option liberty university if you're a, a student on campus you got to be back in campus in your chair uh, they're they're one of the only colleges I know that's doing this. Then we have uh, in Tampa, Florida, uh, the Reverend Rodney Howard Brown, uh, who has a mega church of thousands of people, um, sort of a controversial guy. in in many ways, uh, he says, uh, I don't care. We're holding our church services. So there you go. And so, you know, I've got I've got both sides of this. But I'm like, you know. I don't know. I mean, our church is is doing the whole thing on YouTube and online and, and everything else. But, you know, if a church wants to still have church, should the government step in and and say no? I mean, I, I can make an argument on both sides of it. I don't know. Um, all right. So the last thing I'll get into here before we bring our guest on is uh, NBC's Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd is under fire for asking Joe Biden If Trump has, quote, blood on his hands, end quote, for his delayed coronavirus response. And it is interesting because if you if you go back in history and you look at, you know, like the attack on Pearl Harbor, World War II, these seminal moments in our history where all Americans come together and we're no matter, you know, Uh, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Liberal, Conservative, all of that gets set aside. And we're all we're all Americans on those days when we're in those circumstances. That does not seem to apply here. And this is scary because to me, it's like the first time really in the history of our country where politics seems to be uh, more important than taking care of our fellow man. And this is a country that's divided, that can't even come together in such a time as this. And in, in really, like the president saying, a time of war against an invisible enemy. We can't even come together and, and back the president. I mean, you could say, I don't like Trump. You could say, I didn't vote for Trump. You know, whatever your thoughts are about Trump. But in times like this, whether it's Republican or Democrat or whatever, we stand behind our presidents when we're at war. It's just something we've always done and we're not doing at this time. And in particular, the media, the media just cannot their hate for Trump is so strident that they simply cannot set that aside uh, to just look at the news here. And there's so many good things the media could be doing right now instead of turning this into a political football. There's so much information that needs to get out there uh, that they could be providing to people. Uh, and giving people perspective and advice and bringing experts on and and helping people with, you know, the stress of all of this mentally. And there's so much the media could do right now. But instead of being a positive force for good, uh, what they're doing, instead of trying to inform the public, they're trying to inflame the public against Trump. And, I, you know, honestly, I really don't know what more the man can be expected to do right now. I don't know. I, I, I see him, uh, you know, almost to the brink of, of tears every time he does these press conferences, trying to, uh, let people know he's doing everything he can. And, and I'm just not sure what else we can ask him to do. There is only so much that you can do. I mean, the president can only do so much. And when you go to war, you go to war with what you have not with what you wish you had or you want. That was what uh, Governor Cuomo said. Uh, that's a great quote that he borrowed from uh, someone, from a general in the past. And that's how it is. You know, when you, you go to war, you go to war with what you have. And we're we're up in against this war of this invisible enemy. And, uh, you know, these are all times for us to kind of reevaluate, look at our lives, and maybe this downtime is a good thing, a reset button for us to kind of, you know, look at our lives and decide, you know, what in the world is we're doing here and uh, where we're at with the Lord. And are we ready for the end times, which, man, oh, man, if you don't think we're there, <laughs> if, you, if you don't think this this is uh, part of the end times, man, I, I don't know what you're waiting for. All right. We'll take a one minute break. We'll be back with our special guest, uh, Pastor Carl Gallops, his new book, Masquerade, Prepare for the Greatest Con Job in History. We'll refire the open. And we'll be back in exactly one minute. Stay tuned.